Man, who's having a good time today? Isn't God good? How many of y'all enjoy Pastor Miguel's story to the children? I love it. He does a great job. That's why I say, you know what? Um, I know you want to have a day off, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you, buddy. So creative. I wouldn't have thought about bringing power tools, and I'm sure he doesn't know how to. <clears throat> I'm sure he uses them very well. I'm sure he uses them very well. That's what I was about to say. I was about, y'all don't be getting me in trouble now. Oh, man. I'm just playing along until I catch my breath. I want to read a story in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. It's one of my, one of my favorite stories, and one of the first stories that I, that I preached when I was a rookie in the preaching field. And this was one of the first stories that I shared. And I want to read from verse 1 through verse 15, and I'm going to be focusing on the, la on the last five verses. So the Word of God reads as such, and it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led to the flock to the far side. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave, because of their slave driver, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land and a land flowing with milk and honey. This is where I get in trouble. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? 
and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people of Egypt, you will worship God in this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelite. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say the Israelites, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generations to generations. Let us pray. Father God, I, I am so excited and I'm so thankful that we had a chance to celebrate by singing songs to you, to worship you, and to realize and recognize that your presence is in this house, Lord. I pray your anointing in this place, your anointing in my spirit. Father, so that the word that I'm about to share, the message that I am about to share will be ordained by you, Holy Spirit. Father God, I don't want to add or I don't want to take away anything other. And I just want to preach this word in accordance to how you give it to me. Let it be received, Lord, in our hearts and let us be doers of your word. Father, thank you for those that are here today because there is a reason why they are here. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. When I read this story about Moses and I, and I think about Moses' background, we understand that Moses was a Hebrew. Moses was a Hebrew. He was raised within the richness of the Egyptians. He was a hero. He was raised by the Egyptians. He was raised with richness. He was raised in royalty. He was raised within the richness of the Egyptians. Now, you can't, you, you can't help but wonder how, how was it that Moses got into this position. So he got into that position, as we know, that his life began with a threat. This is when Pharaoh had ordered the killings of all male newborns. Then mom and sister, to protect the child placed him in a small basket or a small boat and sent him down the Nile. This is when Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and, and raised him, and Moses was raised in this environment of royalty and so on and so forth. So fast forwarding to the story, 
The Egyptians had slaves. The slaves were Moses' country people. Moses' original culture. So, but Moses wasn't used to that. So as Moses was walking, he sees an Egyptian just abusing a, a, a Hebrew man. And Moses didn't like it at all. So Moses goes, confronts the soldier, and kills him. Now Moses is thinking, I really did it now. I really did it now. Has it, has it ever happened to you that you make a poor decision? I'm going to say it that way. You make a poor decision in your life that you know that is going to get you in trouble and you think, I really did it now. Has it happened to you? Okay. Okay. It happens to me. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. It happens to me. I know you're not gonna believe it. It happens to me. I never get in trouble in my life, but it does happen to me, and it has happened to me. Let me share this story with you. When I was in fourth grade, I was sharing this with our nine o'clock. I know they were at all because you know coming out of me, you know that it can't be. And I hope children are not here because this might want to cover their ears. When I was in fourth grade in Puerto Rico, they used to give those report cards, those hard cardboards that were handwritten grades, and they would give them to you so you will take them to your dad or to your mom. You would show them your report cards. They would have to sign it, put it in that little yellow envelope. You would go the next day to the teacher and you would hand that report card, they pull it out to see if there's a signature that proves that you showed your report card. So when I get my report card and I opened it, I see three Ds in that report card. Three Ds. I was thinking to myself, I am going to die tonight. But then again, I said, but I'm going to get away with it. So children, cover your ears. Do not do this. Do not do this. Parents, if your children does this, do not blame me. This is part of the sermon. So when I get to, I look at the grades and I said, I'm going to get away with this. So I decided to change the D's to B's. Well, first of all, genius that I am, I used a totally different ink color. Yeah, 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 I know. I used a totally different ink color. I think the, the, the letters were black. I used a blue pen. So I started kind of tightening it to see if I blacken it a little bit, make it a little camouflage. Mom wasn't home, which was another mistake. Dad was home. So I thought to myself, 
ah, let me give it to dad. He's not going to notice. You know, he's so busy with sports and other stuff and, you know, awesome. So I give it to dad. I said, here you go, pop. Oh, here with a big old smile. My dad opens the report card and he says, man, you did a fantastic job, son. Way to go. Look at all these bees. Hey, why don't you go to the room real quick? I'm going to go get, I'm going to get a present that I have for you. Yippee. Yip. So I go to the room. I'm all happy. Then dad comes in. He has this thick leather belt. I see that buckle. I see, I kid you not, I saw it in slow motion too. I think I heard the swoosh when we pulled it out. Fill in the final and the ending of this story. Yes, I paid for it. I paid for it. See, what's interesting to me in this story is that when you see that Moses committed this crime, Moses fled. He fled the scene. He, he ran. He ran, and as, as he ran, because he knew he was in trouble, started his new journey, met his wife, met his children, met his father-in-law, he started tendering the sheep, a whole different lifestyle than what he was already used to. See, Moses changed his identity, if that's a fair statement. And as I was thinking about what Moses did, I also, see, one of the things that I like to do when I'm reading these stories is that I like to be in the shoes of the person. So I'm in, I'm in character with Moses. I'm in character. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, if I was Moses, and even though I fled, and even though I married, and even though I started a new life, nothing takes away what happened in the past. I still killed somebody. If I was Moses, I would be thinking to myself, even though when this happened and even though I'm, I'm, I'm running away from it, I'm thinking my life is over. I am done. There is no way I am going back to be in the position that I was. I cannot go back. I cannot claim what's supposedly mine because I am running away from that. So Moses is living with this guilt. He's living with this, with this thing in the back of his head because he knew what he did. You see, in my mind, I'm thinking, a person that lies is called what? Two points. A person that steals is called what? Very good. Very good. A person who fights is what? A person that drinks excessively alcohol? A person that commits murderer is what? See, in society, we would be labeled because of what we did. 
we would be labeled. And one of the things that I think that, Mo, that, that took place with Moses is that to him, he was labeled a murderer. And there was no way he was going to bounce back from what he had done. Now, I had titled this message, God Uses Who He Chooses. You hear me? God, God chooses who he chooses. God chooses who he wants to choose. It's not who is qualified to be chosen. It's who he wants to use. So God knew that Moses had committed this crime. He knew it. He knows every detail in my life of what I did, and he knows every detail in, his, in your life of what you did. If I were to be labeled for my past, I wouldn't be here today. If you would be labeled for what you lived in the past, you would not be here today. But I tell you this, as I am standing here today, you are not here for co because of a coincidence. You are, are here because you have, there is a purpose in your life. You heard me. There is purpose in your life. Whether you choose to believe it or not is up to you. And I know that there's purpose in my life. So... Here's the neat thing about this story. Moses, with his past, with his story, God is having a conversation with Moses. First, Moses was very curious about that burning bush. He was curious. I'm a curious guy, too. I'm a curious guy. I walk by you. I could spot a candy bar from a mile long. You know, I can spot a candy bar, and I could be walking and doing this. Hey, Eleanor, how you doing? You need counseling? We're curious. We're curious people. We're curious people is our nature. So Moses is curious because he sees a, a, a burning bush that's not, that, that's not even burning up. It's not being consumed. So God is saying to, to, to Moses, hey, you're going to go. And guess where I'm sending you? <laughs> Remember that place where you ran out of? You're going back. You're going back to Pharaoh. Not only are you going back to Pharaoh, you are going to tell Pharaoh that my people, the Israelites, need to be freed. How you like them apples? Ha. <laughs> If I were Moses, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you want me to do what? I'm not following you. Are you seriously telling me that you want me to go back to the place I ran from to tell Pharaoh after 40 years of absence to free these slaves? Are you serious? Who do you think I am? I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. 
Do you know what I did? But you know what I love about God? First of all, God doesn't renegotiate what he ordains. He didn't tell Moses, oh, that's right. You committed a crime. That's okay. You stay there. I'll send somebody else. No. God does not renegotiate who he ordains and what the order is. And the second thing I love about God is this. Have you ever had a job? You're new at this employment. At, you know, you're, you're new. You're going for a position in your new job. Normally, we go through a process called training. But sometimes that training doesn't exist. It's a hands-on. And they'll say, okay, sir or ma'am, sit right here. This is what you're going to do. There's a computer. Get to work. What am I supposed to do? You're... The boss is gone. You're nervous. You're stressed. You need this job. You don't know what's gonna, what you're going to have to do. You don't want to mess anything up, but you're there in the fire. With God, it doesn't work that way. Because one of the things that I love about God is that God, not only he will send you, he will take you out of your comfort zone. He's not going to send you to a place where you feel good, where you feel comfortable. He might send me to a mission field full of vegetables <laughs> with no ice cream, but that's okay. He'll send us, he'll take us out of our comfort zone. But you know the beauty about God is that he will never let you go alone. He is always with you. He will ordain your steps and he will provide to everything you need because God is faithful and he will not put you into a place for you to be damaged and he will not give you a test where you will be made a fool of. God is good. God is good. That's why he says, I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God in this mountain. So, okay. Moses receives instructions, but he's still not comfortable. He is still not comfortable. He's trying to get out of it. He's trying to get out of it. We try to get out of stuff. That's why he tries to tell God, okay, God, um, so... Let's say I go there. Let's say I go there, you know. He didn't say when I go there. Let's say, okay, when I get there, let's say. And, and, I, and, and I say, God, the God of your father sent me. And they ask, who sent me? What do I tell them? Man, it's so complicated when someone gives instructions and you have no clue what's going on. We're clueless, yet we ask detailed questions. We love, you know, and it's okay to ask detailed questions. In this whole conversation, 
this whole deal was making zero sense to Moses. Why is he going to send me to the place where I committed a crime? But God, that's when God tells him, hey, I am who I am. Point blank and period. I am who I am. That's it. And this is what you're going to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. You know, there's three things that I, there's three things that I want to share with you real fast. Number one, God is going to use who he chooses because God has a plan and God's plan is great. He will choose you no matter what your past may be and no, no matter what you're living now. Number two, God operates in ways that makes no sense, not expecting any results because he will give the results. God doesn't expect results out of us. He expects obedience. Obedience. Not results. And number three, his outcome is always better than ours. Therefore, we can't just question God. We just need to obey God and trust that what he has and where he has placed us is because his plan will be manifested through you. Do you believe it? You don't believe it? You can say this for yes, this for no. You can say like this if I'm not making any sense to you. But I'm going to land this plane. I'm going to conclude with these thoughts. I make a comparison that the Israelites is our community. The community that surrounds us, those people that don't know Jesus, are chained, are in slavery. The enemy has the non-believers so busy and so entertained that they feel and they believe that church is not the place for them. You will hear these words, I believe in God. I've gone to church when I was a child. I was baptized when I was a kid. What are you living now? Are you still that devoted as your parents confess by faith that you were going to be? We grow up. We grow cold. The Israelites are surrounding us. They're surrounding us. They don't know Jesus. They don't. 
The Israelites are the people. The community is their Egypt. They're in slaves. They're chained. Here in this house, we are the Moses. We are the Moses. But let me ask you, what state of your life in comparison to Moses do you find yourself today? Because at the end of the day, Moses faced Pharaoh. And you know the story. After much insistence, the Israelites were set free. They were chased. They were persecuted. But Moses went in the name of the Lord. God gave Moses the tools that he needed as he does to us today. God will give us the tools that we need, and he gave us the tools that we need for us to go out to the Egypt and free the Israelites that surrounds us. So which state of your life do you find yourself today? Are you one that you say, you know what, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to face the Pharaoh of my community and I am going to set I am going to represent the great I am, and I am going to deliver the message that has been given to us, or are you selling yourself short saying, I'm not good enough. I am not good enough. If you say you believe God, and if you say you trust God, you are also going to believe that God will never abandon your steps when he sends you to the Egypt to free his Israelites. God is good. God is good. I remember one point in my life where I said, I am not good enough. I thought to myself, I was not good enough. When I received my calling to ministry, I thought to myself, I am not worthy. I am not one of them. I am not one of them. I am not worthy to stand with a microphone at hand and, 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 and deliver your word. Do you know what I have done in my life? Huh. This is where it gets good. Because when I, tell, when I was telling the Lord, did you know what I have done in my past life? God told me, do you understand what my son did for your life? Do you understand that the blood that was shed erases everything you did in the past? Do you understand that I love you so much that when I say I grab all your sins and toss it to the bottom of the ocean and I will never remember them again? Who am I to go scuba diving and pick those back up? 
when God already forgave me for every wrongdoing and he still forgives me when I mess up because I mess up. I am not perfect. We are not perfect. We don't even live in a perfect world, but we are here today. We serve a perfect God. And God is reminding us today what my son did for you. His blood washes away everything that you have done. How great is Jesus Christ? How great is our God? And this is why today God is reminding us and he's saying it doesn't matter what you did. What matters is how I am going to use a person like you and a person like me. He uses simple people like us to do greater things for him. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. We're going to do something a little bit different today. We are going to do the altar call, but it's going to be a little bit different. And I'm going to ask everybody, keep your eyes closed. Open your ears, eyes closed. And the reason why I say eyes closed is because this is your moment with God. This is your moment with God. Not to focus on who's standing forward in the pulpit. Not, not, not worrying who's next to us. This is your moment between you and God. One of the things that I have learned and I, and I share is that knowing that God can use me, I cannot give what I don't have. It all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. So here are two different callings that I'm going to do today. Here's a question. Here's a question. And it's not a question to make me feel good. It's not a question for anybody to, to be impressing anybody. It's a question that will change, that can change your life for all eternity. My first question would be, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You don't have to answer publicly, just have you ever, I'm not saying, have you been to church all your life or, or anything like that? My grandfather would tell me, not everybody comes to church is a Christian, just like not everybody that's in the airport is an airplane. So have you ever received, Je the moment that you said, Jesus, I, I am sorry for all wrongdoing, and I open my heart to you, and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Have you ever done that? You might be realizing today that you never done that step. Maybe nobody has guided you to do that yet. Maybe they have and you haven't made that decision. And today you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I, I, all I need is Jesus in my life. He's all I need. But I don't know how to do it. It's very simple. Just stay right there where you are. And I'm going to say these words. And you're going to repeat them. You can repeat them out loud or you can repeat them in your heart. And you're going to say this, Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. I am lost and I am empty. But today 
I ask you to take over my life. I want to live for you. Thank you for the cross and for allowing me to be your child in Jesus' name. Eyes closed. If you said that prayer for the first time, right there where you are, all I want to do is I just want to see you. Can you raise your hand? Let me see. If you said that prayer for the first time today, let me see your hand. Let me see. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. I see you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. All right. Good deal. Now put your hand down. That's okay. Number two. God brought you here because he has a purpose and he has a plan for you. Are you finding yourself that you're selling yourself short? Do you want to be the impact for God but feel scared for trying? I'm going to say it again. Do you feel, have you thought in your, in your heart and in your mind, I want to be an impact for the Lord, but I am scared of trying. If that's you, eyes closed, let me see your hand. If that's you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. Amen. 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 God bless you in the back. I see you. Praise Jesus. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Now. You can open your eyes. Here's what's going to happen. After I close in prayer, the altar is divided in two parts. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And here's what we're going to do. For those of you that accepted Jesus for the first time, those of you that raised your hand and said, I, I need Jesus in my life. I want to accept him as my Lord and as my Savior. You see this area here? We're not reserving anything. This area right here where I'm standing, not that one, this one, you are going to come to this side of the altar, okay? These, this right here is for those that prayed for Jesus to come and to live in their lives as their Lord. It's those that received Jesus today. All right, now, on this side, for those of you that, that said, you know what? And they prayed and said, hey, I need prayer because I want to be an impact for the Lord. But I'm scared of trying. I am scared of trying. This is where you're going to be so we can pray for you. So we can pray for you. This team right here, this team, these are your biggest support. We are your biggest support. And we are here to fight for you. We are here to fight for you. So let us go ahead and pray to start this. And then as I finish praying, you know, where, you know where you're going and we are ready for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because you are good. And I thank you, Father, because, Lord, you have spoken to the lives of each and every one, each and every one of us here today. Father, I pray for those that have received your son as Lord and Savior, and I thank you for them because heaven rejoices. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will empower them 
and that you will baptize them, that you will seal their lives because now they belong to you. I thank you for those, Lord, that say, Father, we, we want to be an impact to this community, but we don't know how to do it. We're scared of trying. But, Lord, I'm, we're going to pray right now for them, Lord, that you will give them boldness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, the altar is open. It is open. You know where to come. Come forward.